Welcome back to Late Night Murder. We're your hosts. I'm Nicole. And I'm Chase. Join us this week as we head over to Florida and talk about Tyler Hadley. Even though this is your regularly scheduled Thursday episode, this story is so big. We don't want to tell it twice, but we do have to tell it in two parts. So this is going to be part one of the Tyler Hadley story. Before we get into it, we wanted to give a shout out to our new patron this week, Aaron. Yay, Aaron! Aaron, thank you so much. Yeah, I hope you're excited for your bonus episode coming this month. We don't expect anyone to go to our Patreon, and the show will always be free. Of course. But if you did want to buy us a coffee and show some extra support, that would be fantastic. We will be releasing bonus content there, all kinds of other stuff, so you guys should go check it out. Trigger warning, this episode contains descriptions of murder, eating disorders such as body dysmorphia and bulimia, as well as drug abuse and suicidal ideation. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Okay, you ready? I think so. You got your drink? Yep, I'm ready to go. Strap in, keep your arms at your side at all times. It's going to be a long one. Is a long one today? It's going to be a long one. Okay. So we're going to start out in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Port, Port St. Lucie. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we're just going to start with some background of everything and like the family we'll be talking about mostly. All right. So Blake and Mary Jo Hadley had moved to Port St. Lucie from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, about 20 years before the story takes place. Okay. And then a little bit about Blake. Blake was known as a, quote, gentle giant. Growing up, he was over six feet tall and, like, 300 pounds as an adult. But he was, like, the sweetest guy you could ever meet. Family and friends would later say that he never had a bad bone in his body. He was always smiling, loved everybody. Yeah, he was just a big guy. Yep, he was just a big goofball. Other people said he would randomly, like, start singing, come up behind you and just start quoting movies or singing random songs, things like that. Okay. So the only bad thing that people said about him was that he was bad at disciplining his kids. Like, he was was so sweet and he loved his kids so much he just hated being the bad guy kind of thing. So you know those dads, I don't know, you probably knew one growing up that was always joking, always funny to be around, never got mad, any of that, right? Yeah, my dad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your dad is that guy. So yeah. that that is this guy's personality. It's Blake's personality. Okay. So then, like I said, he was bad at disciplining his kids, and that's really the only thing him and Mary Jo ever fought about was because he didn't want to be the disciplinarian she had to be, but she didn't like being the bad guy either. Oh, okay. So Mary Jo was a beloved elementary school teacher. At this time, uh, she had been born in Pennsylvania, later moving to Fort Lauderdale when she was in high school, and that's where she met Blake. Okay. They were considered... Mary Jo in high school was considered a popular but really kind girl. Like, she's in with the popular crowd, but she's really nice, and she's not going to, like, shove you into a locker Okay, so she's not a stuck-up girl or anything like that. I understand. She was, like, all around super sweet, and just everyone loved her. 
It's okay. kind of the same personality as Blake. All right. A former student of Mary Jo's actually said, quote, no matter who you were, even if she didn't like you, she would never give up on you. Hmm, that's nice. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a view into her personality. Okay. So when Mary Jo and Blake met each other, they were like instantly in love. Like they both just right in love with each other. All right. When they got married, uh, Blake wore a powder blue suit to the wedding. Nice. Like that kind of, I don't know, I had to put that in there. It reminded me of that he was a goofball. Like he wore a powder blue suit to his wedding. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with a powder blue suit. You wore a gray suit to our wedding. Yeah, but I... Would you go back and wear a powder blue one? No, probably not. <laughs> I don't think my personality is big enough to do that. I don't think so, but Blake's was. So they lived in Fort Lauderdale, and then after they after they built their home in St. Lucie, that's when they moved there. They were members of the Catholic Church in St. Lucie. However, they weren't super strict inside the religion. The only thing that Mary Jo and Blake were really strict about in their entire parenting realm mm-hmm. was that no matter what, their kids, as well as themselves, would be in church on Sundays. Okay. Uh, and this kind of gave the boys a sense of routine, a sort of responsibility. They were altar boys. Okay. How old is everybody right now? Are we into the story yet, or are we still doing backstory? No, we're about to get there. Okay. Just one little thing before we go into the boys. Mm-hmm. So Mary Jo's email address was the same email for as soon as she got an email address to the end, pretty much. Okay. Uh, her email address, she made it when her and Blake originally had gotten together. So it was ILBH412 for I Love Blake Hadley, and then 412 was their anniversary. Oh. That's super sweet. Like yeah. you, They were just all around in love with each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we'll talk about their sons. They had two of them. Their first son, his name was Ryan, and he was born in 1987. Okay. And then six years later, Tyler Hadley is born on December 16th, 1993. All right. So Tyler kind of came into the world a little rough. So his birth had to be induced by doctors a month early due to Mary Jo having so many complications while she was pregnant with him. That's no good. With being born a month early... Tyler only weighed three pounds, 10 ounces, which as a preemie yourself, I bet it sucked. I don't think you remember it, but... No, I don't know. I don't even know anything about, like, how much I weighed or anything. I think your mom said you were, like, three or four pounds. I don't remember. I don't know. Tyler was a preemie. He was born a month early than he should have, uh, so he did spend his first month of life in the NICU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just from complications from the early delivery. Like his lungs weren't fully for him, like all of those sorts of things. Okay. But then after that, he got to come home. Everything was okay. He lived a relatively normal childhood. Family members said that when Tyler was really young, he was a super sweet boy, but he was also noted as like being withdrawn and can be kind of strange at times. Okay. Like like how? Uh, So growing up, he actually had quite a bit of issues with depression, anxiety, and eating disorders as well. Due to being born a month early, he had had thyroid issues as well as other health problems, so it made him grow that was not the typical of children. You mean he would gr- he wasn't as big as other kids? 
Yeah, that's what I could find is that he wasn't as big as other kids. His mom, so with preemies, a lot of the time you have to try to get them up to weight. Okay. Especially when they're really little. You have to have them like eat more, eat more protein type food to gain the weight and be able to gain the size. A lot of the time they're behind the curve. Okay. Tyler's mom is like having him try to catch up to the other kids, eating everything. And then what family members will say caused these eating disorders, or at least one of the things that contributed to it, was he had gone to a doctor's appointment and a doctor told him he was sturdy. So in Tyler's head, he took that as he's fat. Oh, okay. So he started obsessing from a really young age. I think it was like seven or eight about being fat, what he was eating, like all of that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really young to be mm-hmm. worrying about that, that type of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's the comment sturdy. It's Sturdy is not a bad thing to be described as. Yeah. So during this, trying not to be fat in his own head things and that body dysmorphia he was going through, uh, he ended up fighting with bulimia for a little bit. But then as he grew into a teenager, which is where he is when this story takes place, Tyler was actually about six feet tall and weighed about 160 pounds. Okay, that's got to be pretty close to like normal Yeah. for, for a teenage kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Know? I'll show you pictures of when he was a kid versus when he was older. And, I mean, he's never looked chunky or, like, bigger or anything like that. Like, it was, unfortunately, just his head doing those things. So that kind of stinks. Yeah. Uh, So on top of all of the depression from that and the eating disorder, Tyler was also painfully shy, which played into his anxiety growing up. So he never really played sports due to the fact he would deem himself as, like, a pariah or when he would try to do sports and not be the best at it, he would immediately quit and tell himself he can't do anything right, he's not ever going to amount to anything in this sport, so why even bother? None of the kids talk to him. That's sad. Which, I mean, some of this might have been in his head, some of it might have been true, but either way, it really stinks that, that he was going through all this. I don't know, it kind of sounds like me. I know. It's going to sound more like you. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, So as a teenager, like an early teenager, Tyler uh, liked to skateboard, ride his bike, toss a football in the street. That that is my, yeah, all all those things. Yeah, all the shit you did. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds normal. Yeah, and like everyone. Mostly because I did it, (laughs) so it's normal. All right. It's chase normal. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's right. We'll keep going and see if you still relate to him. Yeah, you're going to tell me he likes heavy metal music. (laughs) He's been in bands. What else? I don't know if he was ever... I don't know what kind of music he was into. So open for debate, maybe. Okay. Uh, Like I said, he was a super sweet kid growing up. There was one specific neighbor who, when her and her husband would go away for trips, they would actually pay Tyler a few bucks to, like, keep watch over the house and, like, water the plants make sure no one gets in the house, sort of things like that. I mean, I did that growing up. I watched my neighbors who were like a really old, sweet couple, and I ate all of their old people snacks. Oh, my God. Is that why you still like Werther's Originals? Is that what it is? And pretzel chips. Hmm. No, I never did any of that. My neighbors were assholes. Okay. Your neighbor stole your bricks. That's true. That's another story for another day. Yeah. So on top of being a super sweet kid, relatively normal, skateboarding, 
everything like that. Mm-hmm. He'd watch the neighbor's house. He was also really close to his parents. Uh, it's said that when he was younger, he would actually refuse to go to bed until his dad got home from the late shift that he worked. His dad was a watch engineer at the nuclear power plant in St. Lucie. Okay. Yeah, so he would just like wait up on the couch and refuse to go to bed until his dad got home. Um, and then when his dad did get home, they would actually, they would go into the driveway quite often and like play basketball in the driveway until like midnight or it was definitely time for Tyler to go to bed, you know, kind of thing. Oh, that's nice. So they're, it seems like they're happy. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, that's a good relationship. It sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. And then on weekends, neighbors would hear the entire family, like, splashing and laughing in the backyard pool, hanging out, everything. Oh, man, they had a pool, too? Everyone in Florida has a pool. Oh, it's, it's like everyone I, in... I, I, yeah, it's Florida. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, it's just like everyone in Arizona has a pool, everyone in Florida has a pool. Hmm. Man, this sounds pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. Everything sounds good. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking about it on this podcast, though, so I'm a little nervous here. I don't... Uh... Don't know what's going to go wrong. I'm not really looking forward to that, though, because it all sounds good. I know. Tyler was having issues with eating disorders like bulimia, as well as anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So his parents weren't ignoring any of this throughout his life. Tyler's parents had taken him to counseling, therapy, different doctors, psychiatrists, Uh, they got him on medications, they got him into programs that could help him, like they were putting themselves into debt to try to help him and try to make things better for him. Okay. So it doesn't sound like they're, like, ashamed of him or anything. What's the weird thing? I'm, like, waiting for some weird shit. I don't know. We're almost there. said, like, his family was super supportive. His parents were trying, would try anything and everything to get him. Sounds like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, get him help. Uh, his mom was his biggest advocate, as she would always stick up for him in these situations. Mary Jo actually had Tyler take um, some growth hormones when he was younger. Okay. So she thought that it might boost his confidence. Yeah. And, like, make him feel better about himself. Maybe it was going to help the eating disorder, help the depression, help the anxiety. Because he just all around kind of made himself feel like shit about what he would say. So. Okay. Okay, so now let's get into the twist. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So as Tyler became a teenager and everything, things started changing with him. He began drinking, taking acid, as well as other drugs around 12, 14 years old. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like his way of self-medicating with everything going on in his brain pan. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like everybody becomes at least a little bit rebellious when they're a teenager, but not quite Tyler Hadley level. No, I mean, I think that people do do that. And then if you don't do at least a little bit of rebelling when you're a teenager, you end up being a fucking weird adult, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. just, that's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Tyler was becoming a rebellious teenager, doing drugs, drinking, things like that. Mm-hmm. At school, it's noted that he was typically really quiet, like pretty much nonverbal. Uh, until he would have sudden outbursts in class. There was one account where he, in the middle of class, he just randomly started mooing like a cow. What? Yeah. So I don't know. I think he was just 
kind of strange. Yeah, that's a little weird. But then if you remember, he is 12, 13, 14 on acid, drinking and doing drugs. So. Well, that makes it less weird, I mm-hmm. guess, but still weird. You know, if you don't know that, you're the teacher, you're like, that's uh, weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler's crowd that he would hang out with was described as like the potheads, the juvenile delinquents, and the pill poppers. Okay. Not great. Not great. Um, a schoolmate would later describe Tyler as, quote, really hyper. He'd always try to pull a crowd. In the middle of a lesson, he would just start laughing, and he would blurt out random stuff, end quote. It's kind of like the mooing thing. Yeah. All right. Outside of school, Tyler was still doing weird stuff on top of the drugs and the drinking. There was actually one time that Tyler and his friends drug a couch to the River Park Wildlife Preserve and lit it on fire. That seems like that would be just a pain in the ass to do. Yeah, they just brought it to a clearing in the wildlife reserve, doused it with lighter fluid, and set it ablaze. That's weird. I feel like... Lighting a fire is one thing, but, like, you got to bring a couch? Like, I feel like that's a lot of effort to do that. To a wildlife preserve, which, aren't those protected by, like, the government or something? Like, that's federal. You can't hurt things there. I don't know. I doubt there's anything in there about lighting couches on fire, but... Maybe arson inside a wildlife preserve. Right. Uh, Either way, Tyler and his friends only got a warning for this. So, because they're a bunch of dumb teenagers, right? Yep, that's what they wrote it off as. Yep. Uh, so, ten weeks before the incident that we're going to talk about, we're getting closer to the main chunk of the story. Yeah. Tyler gets arrested for aggravated battery after being at a friend's party. He was sentenced to a week at the county jail and then two weeks on house arrest after the fact. Okay. Do we have more information on that? So, we don't know what happened, why he got that charge. Um, however, his sentencing was based off of, he had had a criminal history already of being charged with robbery. Robbery? Yeah, robbery. And he is 17 at this time. Sorry, I forgot to say that. Okay. So he's 17, has a history of robbery, gets arrested for aggravated battery at a friend's party. And then is sentenced to a week in county jail and then two weeks of house arrest after. Okay. So he's 17. He's been doing drugs on and off roughly for like six years at this point. Okay. And of course, he's dealing with all of his mental demons. Right. On top of everything. Um, However, because of being in jail and everything, his mom took away his phone. Okay. As one does. Like, yeah. Your kid gets arrested, maybe take his phone kind of thing right uh obviously that pissed him off because he's 17 so this is all taking place in 2011 i think i forgot to say that like we're caught up to 2011 now okay so we're gonna head to june of 2011 because of all of tyler's mental health things he was dealing with as well as the drinking and the previous charges for aggravated battery and other things Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Jo decided to have Tyler sectioned into a mental health facility. And what that is, it's a Florida law stating that parents can commit their minor to a mental health facility if it is believed that they are a danger to themselves or others. Okay. So as their guardian and because Tyler is under the age of 18, whether he wants to go or not, the parents get to 
make him go there as long as he is a danger to himself or others. Okay. So is that just based off of like what the parents say or do they have to go through a process for this? I'm pretty sure there's a process. Uh, I'm not too solid on that, however. I didn't look into what the process was of it. But if there is, Tyler has a history of anxiety, depression, eating disorder. Right, and he has those charges, so mm-hmm. that would prove it right there. Anyway. So, I mean, they have evidence to back up their claims if there is a checking process. Right. I imagine there, there would be because you can't just have frustrated parents of their teenager being like, oh, Jesus, just take this kid away. He's driving me nuts. Yeah, I feel like that would be, like, abusive on the parents' part, too. Well, yeah, but, I mean, if there's no way to check, then... That, that that's exactly what would happen, I think. Yeah. And another thing adding to, another thing adding the fuel to this fire to get Tyler sectioned was that Tyler had been making knots of subtle comments of suicide after coming home from a party drunk one night. While he was at this specific party, he had actually allegedly peed on a girl's bed at the party. Like he got drunk and decided to just pee on this girl's bed and then comes home completely shit-faced. Uh, so everything's kind of coming to his head his parents are worried his brother is worried so they get him sectioned into this mental health facility Mm -hmm. Uh, while there tyler was treated for depression anxiety and an eating disorder which we know that he has a history of all of those Mm -hmm. so in early july of 2011 after he's released from the mental health program he's only in there for a month Mm -hmm. okay so i think it's more so one of those you go in, you get your meds situated, you have therapy, um, and as long as your meds are situated and you're no longer an immediate threat to yourself or others, they'll switch you from inpatient to outpatient. Okay. Is what I'm kind of thinking in my head is happening there. Okay. So late June, early July, after Tyler gets out, about two weeks before the incident is happening. Mm. Um, Mary Jo started telling her friends that Tyler was, quote, over the hurdle, and her friends said that she was so happy about Tyler's improvement. One friend had even said that, quote, Mary Jo really felt that he was back to himself, end quote. Oh, okay, so he's getting better. Mm-hmm. So he's getting better. The friend stated that Mary Jo seemed to be coming back to her own self, too, which, I mean, makes sense. Like, you have your 17-year-old youngest child... Oh, yeah, you got to be stressed the yeah. whole time. You know, you wouldn't be yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think even if it was a small something towards the right direction, your mind would immediately be like, oh, things are getting better. The bad part's over. We're getting there. Like the, the light is at the end of the tunnel sort of vision. Mm-hmm. And then on July 15th, 2011, uh, the Hadleys all go out to dinner as a family, minus Ryan. Ryan had moved a few weeks beforehand to go off to college. Okay. So he's not... He's no longer in the home. He's no longer in the home, yeah. Gotcha. So on the way home, after they had gone out to dinner, they stopped at the local Circle K in their neighborhood. Circle K is a gas station. Yep. Okay, I didn't know if you knew that (laughs) one. I knew that one. I knew that one. Okay, that's good. I've been in one of those. (laughs) Uh, So Tyler actually ran into one of his friends named Cameron Adams. Uh, He said Tyler appeared to be in a good mood. Cameron asked Tyler how his mom and dad were doing, and then Tyler said, quote, oh, they're all right, end quote. Uh, Okay. Yeah, so Cameron mentioned that it was his birthday during this interaction and that him and his girlfriend were going to go to Benihana's to celebrate that night. Nice. 
Tyler said, well, quote, happy birthday. Come to my house tomorrow. I'm having a party. We'll celebrate, end quote. Okay. Okay, so that was July 15th that they'd gone to dinner. All and right. we're going to put a bookmark in that because I want to read you some, like, text conversations with Tyler and his friends before we move on in the story. Okay. About they were that night, the text conversations? No, they happened in a couple weeks prior. Okay. Like, after he had gotten out of county jail, while he was on house arrest, before he went to the mental health program, during that. Okay. Kind of the month or two beforehand. All right. It'll all make sense in a minute, though. So Tyler had a lifelong friend named Mark Andrews, and they had known each other ever since Tyler was six and Mark was 10 when Mark's family had first moved to the area. Mm-hmm. So Mark is four years older than Tyler. Um, a couple years into their friendship, when Tyler was 10, he showed up at, the, at Mark's house after a fight with his mom, and he vowed to Mark that he would kill his parents. Uh, what? Yeah. Okay. So this... Your 10-year-old friend shows up at your house, you're 14, after getting in a fight with his mom and vows to kill his parents. Mm. Uh, To this, because Mark is 14 and he's got a little bit better head on his shoulders. I'm not going to say a good head because he's 14. Yeah. Uh, But Mark tells Tyler that, hey, all parents piss off their kids and kind of calm Tyler down. Tyler agreed and said, okay, and then they just went on. That's a level-headed response. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if I would come up with that response at 14. Mm, no. I would like to say I would, but I don't know. No, I don't I don't think I would have. I'd probably been like, oh, yeah, fuck those guys. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I was a shithead, though, too, when I was a teenager. Not like that. I was not <laughs> you didn't... threatening to kill my parents. Yeah. Or none of my friends were, but just like, damn, yeah, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, another one of Tyler's friends, his name was Marky. He had actually missed this party we're going to be talking about because he was visiting his grandparents in Chicago that weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had hung out with Tyler a couple nights before the party. So the night before they went out to dinner. Uh-huh. And they were just hanging out, playing video games, watching TV at Marky's house. He said that Tyler had seemed pretty fine that night. Um, however, two weeks before that... Mm-hmm. They had been hanging out at Marky's house again when Tyler randomly blurted out just in the middle of a conversation that he wanted to, quote, kill his parents and have a big party after, end quote. Oh, come on, dude. But I thought they had such a good relationship when, like, back when Mark was friends with him when they were, like, kids. I know. Okay, maybe there's something I'm not seeing here. I don't know. We'll just go through this a little more and then we'll... Okay. You know, you sound so bummed now. You had I am high bummed. Hopes. Yeah, I'm like I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this is this kid's got kind of a similar, like, childhood to me, I guess. Uh, you know, with all the things that he's doing and all this shit, and then now I'm like, now I don't, I don't want to relate to this person. Mm-hmm. I know, but now I think he also had like that depression, that anxiety, the eating disorder. I don't know how much that all played into what is going to happen. Okay. There's a couple other factors that come into play, too. So. All right. So back to it. Tyler and Marky are hanging out about two weeks before this, going out to eat dinner before July 15th. Mm-hmm. Like, right after he had gotten out of the mental facility. Right after he had gotten out of the mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Tyler 
said that he had wanted to kill his parents and have a big party after. He also stated that nobody had ever done that before, quote, throw a huge party with the body still in the house, end quote. Ew, man. Marky's response to that is, quote, that's crazy, end quote. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he says later that he thought Tyler was just trying to make a joke about things, about partying with dead people in your house. Like you said, ew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pr- pretty strange. Uh, yeah. In a Facebook chat with one of his other friends named Mercedes on July 2nd, so about two weeks before we had put that bookmark in the story, mm-hmm. Tyler had complained that his mother had confiscated his cell phone. So I'm going to read the back and forth. Okay. Tyler says, LOL, yep. She's a cunt for show. I might kill her. What the fuck? Mercedes responds, OMG, no jail. Or I mean prison, LOL. And Tyler responds, oh well, with, you know, remember the T9 heart, the sideways? Yeah, yeah. Like less than three? Yeah. He put that with the oh well. Okay. So this is two weeks before we go to dinner with the family remember yeah is that it is that it that's all that conversation is oh good lord what the fuck okay so all that had happened before the dinner and now we're gonna move forward after the dinner to july 16th of 2011 okay tyler has a conversation with one of his friends who's also a junior at his high school named matthew noble and this conversation happens around 9 40 in the morning okay okay Matt says, did you do it? And Tyler says, no, but I'm gonna. Matt says, bet, question mark? You really should now. Do it. What? And Tyler says. What? I know. Who the hell is this guy? Yeah, it's a friend. No, it isn't. (laughs) So Tyler responds to all of that and says, don't worry, I am. And then Tyler says, then I'm having a party. And Matt says, yeah, party time inward. Oh, wow. What the? Yeah. So that'll hap- that text conversation happens around 10 a.m. on July 16th. Okay. But like, who is this guy? It was Do just. Do know more about this guy? Because now I'm like, you, dude, this guy's no good. Matt's just a friend that he goes to school with. He's one uh, of those, quote, pothead, juvenile, delinquent, uh, pill popper friends. Yeah. Okay. God, I don't like that. That shit is fucking... I I can understand people in that age group thinking, hey, you're joking or whatever, but now he's, like, encouraging it. He's like, yeah, you better do it. Yeah, this guy's like, hey, did you do it yet? Hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're going to move on to around 5 p.m. that day. Okay. So around 5 p.m. on July 16th, Tyler takes three tablets of ecstasy, and waits for them to kick in. Okay. I'm not a uh, expert on ecstasy, even in the slightest. Like, I couldn't even pick it out from a... It's pills, right? Ecstasy yeah. is pills. Acid's yeah, the tongue things. Te- uh, the, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even... I think that question sums up what I know about how potent ecstasy is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never <laughs> tried any of that shit, so I don't know. Oh. But that does seem like a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard of people talk about it, and it seems like that's a lot. I I feel like it's a bit. I don't know. Yeah. 
So as the pills kick in, Tyler um, goes up and stands behind his mom, who okay. is... Okay, hold on a minute. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for this. <laughs> but also, I don't think that ecstasy is a drug that makes you violent. I've never heard of that ever. I think it's like supposed to like calm you and zonk you out, right? No, I think it like heightens your like your emotions, your, your senses and shit and like that. I don't think that it's like generally when I think about a drug that would cause someone to be violent, I would think like meth or PCP or PCP. I can't or, even or spell ecstasy right. There it is. Like that. You know what I mean? Mhm. I don't think of people taking ecstasy to hype themselves up for something shitty okay so it's a stimulant drug that can cause hallucinations and it takes about 30 to 45 minutes by mouth for it to kick in okay so it is a stimulant i guess Mm -hmm. that's interesting i don't know this is clearly not our area of expertise (laughs) (laughs) we're not experts on drugs sorry if you thought that yeah (laughs) So about 30, 45 minutes after Tyler takes these pills, he is waiting for them to fully kick in. Mm-hmm. He is standing behind his mom, who is at the family computer. I don't know what she was looking up, checking her email, doing what. But you remember back in the day where you had like a family home computer? Yes, I remember. There was one computer. Mm-hmm. So his mom, Mary Jo, she's sitting at the computer. And then it's reported that it was about five minutes that Tyler stood behind her and just kind of standing there. I don't know if Mary Jo knew he was back there and just like looking over her shoulder or what, but mm-hmm. he stood there for a little bit, waited for the pills to kick in. Uh, once they kicked in, he lifts a claw hammer up and beats her unconscious with it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yep. So after the first few blows, um, Mary Jo starts yelling why tyler why yeah no shit i'm mm-hmm. wondering why yeah so then tyler proceeds to stab her with a kitchen knife he had grabbed until she is dead oh. and so with all of this commotion going on tyler's dad hears it and comes down the stairs to see what's going on and why there's all this yelling and screaming and sees his 17 year old son standing over his wife's lifeless bloody body on the floor that's what you would just never, that you would never expect that. I know. And so Tyler. That would be so terrifying. Mm-hmm. Ugh. You're... Yeah. So Tyler allegedly locks eyes with his father for a few seconds and his dad just looks at him and it's like, why, Tyler? Tyler's response gave me bone chills. Um, he said, quote, why the fuck not? End quote. Ew. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Fuck, man. Yeah. Spine. Spine chilling. That's, I don't understand. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I still don't understand what the hell yeah. is happening. So at this point, obviously, Blake goes to reach for the phone to call 911. Uh, however, Tyler gets to him first. Tyler then proceeds to beat his father with the sharp end of a claw hammer until he is no longer moving. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. However. But his dad was like a big guy. Mm-hmm. That's why he had to get him and take him out really quick no i i don't know if i saw like it's hard to say i just i, I feel mean, like he would go after him you know what i mean like i think you're just so scared in that in moment shock of yeah. course yeah you wouldn't know what the hell to do i don't know what I'm i think you about. i think what blake may have done because we don't know for sure obviously is that maybe he saw his wife 
He didn't know what his son had done, what had happened. It could have been an accident. So then he just tries to call 911 to help his wife. That's then, just such yeah. a terrifying, crazy thing to even consider. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Mary Jo and Blake are both dead on the floor. However, Tyler had a party to get ready for. And the house can't look like a crime scene. So he spends the next three hours cleaning up the house before his guests are set to arrive. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good stopping point for part one. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I know this part one is leaving you guys at the edge of your seats. Don't worry, part two is coming sooner than Thursday. Yeah, we can't. We can't leave you hanging like that. That's just rude. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm, Chase is on the edge of his seat. I can't imagine what you guys are in. Yeah, we'll we'll have it out to you on Monday. like to follow along at what's happening at late night murder you can check us out on all of our social medias you can find us on facebook and instagram at late night murder podcast twitter at ln murder podcast and you can even hear clips of episodes on tiktok at late night murder podcast and as always thank you so much for all of your fantastic reviews they really mean a lot to us and we love reading them honestly we read them over and over again You can listen to Late Night Murder Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast from. Okay, we'll see you guys Monday. Bye. Bye.